0: Hello and welcome to the teaching ministry of impact family church for more information including service times and directions or to find out more about us you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com We trust you'll be blessed by today's message In light of last week and the storm and the storms that are currently going on and all that, you know, I, just something struck me last week because I, I found myself in a place where I had to do what I'm going to talk to you about tonight, and, uh, and that is dealing with your mind. You know, it was a good opportunity last week to see how well my mind was in line with the Word of God. Because I can tell you during the night on Sunday night when I would wake up and I would hear those winds howling, you know, at my house. You know, I didn't even want to get up to see what the trees were doing. There's not many trees around us, which is, you know, kind of nice. But this little, this little tree in the backyard, I'm sure it was doing this. You know, it's one little tree about this high, you know, because it's a fairly new house. And, uh, and so I really just, I thought, That's, you know, there's, the enemy wanted to come. And, and try to tell me all kinds of things. You know, so that's something that we just need to go back and just hear something about every so often, you know, it's dealing with our minds. Because, you know, man is a three-part being. We are a spirit. We possess a soul. That is our mind, our intellect, our emotions, and we live in a physical body. And the spirit man, when we're born again, the spirit man is brand new. Absolutely brand new. Perfect in every way. We, I mean, pastor's been teaching on this in his series on righteousness. We are completely perfect. There's nothing wrong with the spirit man. He is absolutely 100% a brand new creature in Christ Jesus. Couldn't be any better We're living and walking in the righteousness of God. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You know, there is nothing that's too hard for us in our spirit man. But our mind has got to come into a place of agreement with that. Our mind is where the battlefield is. You know, um, we, we go through so many things at different times, and we have to continually fight our mind. You know, go with me to, let's see, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4. 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 4. Well, let's start in verse 3. It says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. You know, you as pastor has been talking about you when you see parentheses, you know, around a, a particular set of words. That's a parenthetical thought. And you here, you see that verse four is in parentheses, and it says, "For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal." But if you go back to verse 3, it says, we do not war after the flesh. Now, I've got written in my Bible here, and and I don't always make notes of of where it came from, what translation it might have come out of. But that word war, I have written a little note here. It says, it denotes intense conflict. And um, it says, we do not war after the flesh. Skip to verse 5 now. Casting down imaginations. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So, you know, there's a lot of people over the last, you know, 20, 30 years who've made a big thing about warfare, spiritual warfare, we're doing spiritual warfare. I mean, it's gotten so ridiculous over the years that people would even come to church services and hold services where they came in with battle fatigues on and toy Tommy guns. They came in to do spiritual warfare. That is not what God is asking of us. He's not what he's talking about. It's not what the word's referring to. It's not. That's just so much nonsense. You know, it's, it's just, um, um, I like to think of it as a type of manipulation. You know, that's not what God said at all. It said we don't war after the flesh. And here's our warfare, casting down imaginations. That's where the war goes on. There's a battle in our mind going on. So many times, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing, that is an active word. An active word that says there is some real action going on. You must bring it every thought into captivity so that it is brought to the obedience of Christ. Now go back to verse 4. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Well, Well, what kind of weapons are we talking about? Well, how about Ephesians 6.11? Go over there. Ephesians 6.11 says, put on Again, it's something that you are instructed to do. This is you put on. Not God put it on for you. Not God take care of it. Not God do it for you. But you put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand. Does God need to put on armor to stand? I don't think so. But you and I have to put on some armor to be able to stand in the face of what the enemy throws at us. It goes on, it says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Therefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore... Having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith where which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. These are all the things that we use to do the warfare that we need to do. They're not carnal, but they're mighty through God. Absolutely mighty. You know, to take our minds, there's there's this thing, your spirit is created, it's perfect, it's entire, it's complete. But this mind has got to do some changing. It's got got to have some changes here. We have to take it and we have to make it. Do something. We have to we have to channel it. It's like putting blinders on a horse. You've got to get it to a place where it only sees and recognizes the word of God. You know, in Romans 12, 2, go there, you're close by. Romans 12 2. And be not conformed to this world. You know where well, you, your mind will conform you to what everything else is that's going on around you. Your mind automatically wants you to just kind of go in the direction that the world, all your circumstances, all the things that are going on, everything external. It wants to conform to this, but it says don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The renewing is the constant ongoing process. We could also use the word metamorphosis. We want to take it as it is and change it into something beautiful. Because I'm telling you what, the way this world thinks is stinky. It is not worth much. God wants us to take something, that little, old, that little caterpillar, you know, that spins up a cocoon, is not much to look at. But I tell you what, he's something very different when he busts out of that cocoon. And you look at something that's, that's a beautiful thing to behold. Listen, that is what your mind should do. You go into it like a caterpillar and not much to look at. Not much to work with. But I'm telling you what, you wrap it in the cocoon of the word, it will come out of there transformed and looking wonderful. Hallelujah. Looking, looking just exactly how it ought to look. Looking like something that, that nobody could possibly even imagine. I mean, this is a thing of beauty to behold. Hallelujah. Um, let's see. There is victory for us. But I tell you what, it takes getting our minds in a place where our spirit man can control it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it's, a, it's a three-ring circus sometimes between your mind, your flesh, and your spirit. And I tell you, what, who, whatever team comes together is the team that's going to win. Your flesh is, a, is a, this thing that you will always have to be working on. Your flesh will, can be conditioned to like anything. You know, that's, that's the thing that I see with, with people who have struggled with things of the flesh. You know, it could be drinking. It could be alcohol. I mean, it could be drugs. It could be any number of things. But we condition our flesh to like certain things. And it takes time then to take that flesh man and change him so that he doesn't like that anymore. But I tell you what, it has to come as a result of the spirit and the mind ganging up against the flesh. Has to be. You know, it starts out, we call it willpower. Well, okay, if you want to call it willpower, that's But that's the mind. That's the mind operating along with the spirit to change what that flesh man is going to do. Uh, You know, it says over here in, let me see where I put it. Um, Go to, to Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55. here's the thing, in and of yourself, you can't do this. You have to understand that that for you to renew your mind, you have to do exactly what this talks about, because this is a higher plane to live on. Verse 8, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth So are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. You know, for us, especially as Americans, you know, we're so independent. We're just, I mean, we're take charge, can do kind of people. Listen, when it comes to the things of God, you're going to have to understand it's not you that takes charge. I mean ultimately I mean you 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 have to decide to agree with God. You have to decide to do some things. But ultimately it's his thoughts that make the difference, not your thoughts. Your thoughts must become his thoughts. His thoughts must become your thoughts. You know, it's it's kind of like in some ways, you know, if you go to work for somebody and and you're say you're their assistant or something, The best way you can do your job is to learn to think how your employer thinks, to understand how he thinks, to understand what he would do, to understand the kind of decision he would make. And then you begin to think like he thinks so that you can do your job the most efficiently and effectively. See, God is really, he's not our employer, but he is our master. You know, and for us to do the kind of job we need to do for him, we need to start thinking like he thinks, seeing things the way he sees them so that we can do things the way he would like them done. But the mind has got to be renewed. The mind has got to to take a shift from being affected by what this world says and being affected by what the word says to come in line, to join up. You know, to become one with him. Our spirit man's already one, but I'm telling you what, getting this mind in a place where it thinks like God thinks is the where the, the battlefield is so many times because our mind has been already trained, conditioned, prepared, and directed by this world. From the day you and I are born, somebody is trying to con- brainwash us. Now, sometimes that's a good thing. You know, you've you got to get this stuff into kids in school. you got to get them to know what 2 plus 2 is, and then they got to know what 2 times 2 is, and 2 divided by 2 is. I mean, that's all training of the mind. From the day we're born, our mind is in training. And that is why it's so important for us to get children born again at an early age so that God's got an opportunity to, to train them before they get trained by somebody else. It's tough now, as adults, if you waited until you were an adult to get born again and to, and to find yourself in love with the Word of God, then you you'll find a lot of times you have things that are so deep-seated that you'll go for years thinking you got you got over that, that you got past that way of thinking and one day you'll just slip up and go, "Oh my goodness, I can't believe I said that. I can't believe I thought that. I can't believe." Where did that come from? Years of training, years of the training somebody else gave you, and we have to be so careful that it, that religious training that we had doesn't—if it doesn't line up with the Word—that we get rid of it. You know, it doesn't matter what my mama said. It doesn't matter what my daddy said. I mean, my sister made a statement one time. Well, if, my, if daddy said it, because my, my dad was in the ministry for a number of years. She said, well, if daddy said it, then I be, that's, that's what it is. That's exactly how I believe it. I'm not going to believe anything else. Just, and I'm thinking, it doesn't matter what your daddy said. It matters what our daddy said. That's not the point. My daddy didn't know everything. He would tell you that. He didn't know. He didn't, He didn't. He was brought up in the same kind of tradition. And so he passed it on down the line, you know, of what he had learned. But if it's not in the Word, it's not something that we need to be trained in in our minds. It's not something we need to be stuck in. You know, you can get stuck in a way of thinking that won't get you i I was, I was telling Pastor yesterday about a, a young man, and I went back and I looked, and he was 34 years old, a wonderful young man. In fact, I think it's because Christopher Allen had made a... Um, a comment on a on a thread, you know, there on Facebook. This young man has recently died from stomach cancer, and he was he was of the Muslim faith, and he converted from Islam to Christianity, and was just a dynamic speaker, from what I can understand. I, I didn't I didn't recognize the name. I don't know him, and but I went and I, I looked up a few things and uh, some things that he had said, and some things that he had written, and and you know one of the statements he made he. And here he leaves a wife and a young child behind. And one of the things he he said was, I don't know what God's will for me is in this situation. I just have to depend on the sovereignty of God. And I thought, you're a student of the word. How could you possibly not know that it's God's will to heal you? How have you not found that out? He's in heaven now. Totally, completely, 100% healed. But he's left this earth without fulfilling his call. Because he depended on what somebody had taught him. Well, it's not always God's will to heal. We just have to leave that into the hands of a sovereign God. No, God's already said what his will is. And see, these are the areas we have to renew our minds in. Because the devil's going to come to you and say, it's not God's will to heal you when something shows up in your life. When financial lack shows up, he will say, it's not God's will for you to prosper. And and traditional thinking, traditional religious thinking will unfortunately tell you the same thing. They will back up the devil and what he's telling you. Isn't that sad? You know, you... If you study the word, you ought to be able to see God's will in here for you from one end of the word to the other. That that it is diametrically opposed to somebody saying, well, I don't know what God's will is concerning my healing. Yes, you do. It is always and has always and will always be God's will to heal you. It has been, will be, and always will God's will for you to prosper. It has been, it is, and it always will be God's will for you to be victorious in everything no matter what. See, these are the things we fight against constantly. The world and people are constantly telling us, you know, that's not that's not what that's not that's not going to happen. That's not what God wants. That's not what you can believe. Oh no, you can't have that. No, you have to reestablish your mind to think God's thoughts. Go with me, you're just a few pages. Go over me with me to one of my, our favorite verses, Jeremiah 29:11. So much of what he said in the Old Testament brings it out. I mean, and when you look at all the things that Jesus bore on the cross for us, He bore everything—not just our ability to get into heaven, but our our lives down here to be what they ought to be, to really be a return to the way He intended life to be lived in the Garden of Eden. That's what He wants us to live down here. He brought, He came, and, and He died. He he. Bore the stripes. He he shed his blood. He went to hell and suffered all so that you and I could have exactly what Adam had in the beginning. Totally, total provision in every area, not lacking anywhere. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says, "For I know the thoughts that I think towards you." See, God's not ambivalent about it. God is not in the least bit confused. He's not uncertain. He's not just, "Mm, let me think about this for a minute. You know, let's see, what do I think about Pastor Anderson today? Do I think good thoughts about him or not? No. God's already said, I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. The New New English or New International Version, and I think the New King James says, to give you a future and a hope. God's already settled this thing, and so we need to come to a place where we get it settled in our own minds to keep on transforming and transforming and transforming ourselves. That process of renewing our minds is an everyday thing, everyday, because you're, you're being confronted every single day with the world's way of thinking. And you have to renew your mind constantly to keep those things from taking root in you. Dad Hagen said it like this one time. He said, "A spiritual giant is a person whose heart and mind agrees." That's a spiritual giant. You say, "Oh, can I ever accomplish that?" Yeah, you can. You know, and we find ourselves in places so many times where our heart and mind totally agrees on this certain thing right here, but we're just a little, you know, questionable over here, a little shaky ground over here. Well, see, we can get to a place where our heart and mind agrees on everything. Get it in line with the Word of God. You know, to do that, though, you have to understand that you have total control and authority over what your mind thinks. You have to find, to do that though, you have to find out who you are and what you have. You know, in 2 Corinthians 5, 20 it says, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Ephesians 2, 6 says, I've been seated with him in heavenly places. Matthew twenty eight eighteen says, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. And go you, you have to see that transfer of authority from Jesus to us. And 1 John 4, 4, it says the greater one lives in us. Uh, in Colossians 2.15, it talks about how the enemy has no power, that he's been dethroned. In fact, it's so wonderful. Go over there. You just can't, you just can't stop, you know, and not read Colossians 2.15. And having spoiled principality. I've got written in my Bible. This is why you need to write. You need to find a really fine point pen because that's going to take it to be able to get this stuff in here. It says, having spoiled, that is disarmed, brought to nothing, stripped off, principalities and powers. He made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. It says here, he exposed them, shattered, empty, and defeated. Well, if he's already done that, then his victory is your victory. See, these are the things we have to know. You know, for us to be able to expect success, you know, we have to get to a place where we don't allow things the enemy brings up to us to take any root in us. Um, you, you, uh, you agree with the devil when you don't do something about it. You can't can't entertain the thoughts he brings and expect success. No. You can't meditate on it. You can't dwell on it. You can't just kind of, you can't play with that kind of thing. It's dangerous. You need to look at those kind of thoughts as a serpent coming at you to bite you. You need to do something. James talks about resist the devil and he will flee. You know, it's not just a matter of just kind of, well, you know, I know the devil says, well, I know, but you know, you can't be all million mouthed about this. You have got to speak to those things when they come. I remember last Sunday night, you know, when I'm hearing the wind howling, of course, and it's dark and the power is already out. And that was aggravating enough. I was thinking, okay, the power, you know, I probably, if it goes out, probably be, you know, early in the morning, Monday morning sometime. You know, we'll get through all Sunday night. My plan was to cool that house down to about 65 degrees. And I heard it down to 71 already. When the power went out, Man, but it wasn't it wasn't too bad. But I'm listening to this wind howling, you know, and, and in my mind I could just see things outside just kind of flying around and went, nope, nope, nope. Then he comes to me and tries to tell me, Oh yeah, you did good so far, but you know, what's the aftermath? What's life gonna look like when this is all over? You know, and I could see the road he was going down. He was gonna take me down this road where I could get up in the morning and look out, and it looks like a bomb has exploded everywhere. See, he'll take you a lot further than you want to go. He'll take you to places you never thought you wanted to be. But you have to stop right there and say, no, no, no. I remember, you know, back a few months ago, you know, when we were trying to, you know, here we are. We've got a deadline facing us to, to, to get out of our house. And we had nowhere to go. And night after night, you know, I was just awake in the middle of the night. Just this thing just just bombarding me. Just bombarding me. Where are you going to go? What are you going to do? Where are you going to Until one night I just got sick of it. And I went, and I had gotten up and had, had come back to bed, laid down, all this mess started. And I finally just went, no, I am not thinking about this. Do you hear me? God's got a house for me, and I'm going back to sleep. And I did. Now, then you wonder, well, why didn't I do that five nights ago? I don't know. You know, but I'm not the only one who does that. You know, we put up with it, and put up with it, and put up with it. And the key here is, if we're going to become a spiritual giant, is to address it the first time, the first night, not the fifth night, the first night. And so last week was a good opportunity for us to find out what kind of thoughts am I thinking? Where is my mind in, con- in conjunction with what God has said about protection and provision and preservation and, and protecting me and my, and my house and my things and taking authority you know, over my stuff? That's when you found out, hmm, how good a job am I doing thinking the thoughts of God? How good a job am I of making sure my mind is in line with what? He says. Was it a good experience to find that out? Or did you find that you needed to kind of renew some things? We need to do some more transforming. (laughs) Uh, I tell you what. You really have to get to a place where your mind is is a no-fly zone. When the enemy starts coming your way, went No, hold it right there. Just hold it right there. You see it coming. Okay, especially when, I tell you what, I've never seen such drama on TV as these weathermen. Lord have mercy. I know it's a bad storm, but you know, do you th- you're you making it sound like it's the end of the world. And people took it that way. It's, I mean, it will suck you dry if you're not careful. But you may have to establish a no-fly zone so that before he even starts, you go, don't even go there. No, no, don't even go there. No. No. I see what you're about to do. I know what you're about to start. Listen, the enemy does the same thing all the time. It's, this, is, this, is not, this is not like, you know, surprise. Surprise. He, he takes the same tactics every single time. One little thing shows up that, oh, that's not exactly right, and he will start from there. But as soon as something comes up that's not exactly right in your life, you need to establish yourself as, I will only think the thoughts that God gives me. I will only say the words that God gives me. I will only tell you what the Word says, and you need to back off. Resist the devil, and he will flee. But you can't just ignore it. You can't just say, oh, well, it's just not really that big a deal. Well, how do you know it's not going to be a, it's not a big deal today? But if you don't deal with it, you can't say it's not going to be a big deal a week from now, a month from now, two months from now. Well, why give him the opportunity? Deal with it today. It doesn't say it in Philippians. You're close by. Philippians. Just back a couple of pages. It says in verse uh, chapter four, verse six, "Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds." Through Christ Jesus. You know, sometimes people use these verse, these verses right here as, as, as a comfort verse in times of crisis. But let me tell you, it doesn't have to be a big, huge crisis to use this. The peace of God will keep your hearts and minds in any situation, big or little. Don't blow it off as though, well, you know, it's not a big deal. Yeah, it's a big deal. Anything the enemy tries to bring into your life that's not of God is a big deal, and you need to deal with it. A-S-A-P. Not giving him one single inch. And it goes on to say, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. I have it written here, Fix your mind carefully. Meditate constantly. You have to fix your mind. People say, oh, wait, you know, you know there's, like, I have to have stripes in the carpet when I leave town. And so some, my child says I'm fixated on, on stripes. I'm going, well, I'm not fixated, but I intend to have it. And I'm going to have stripes when I walk out the door. Listen, you need to become fixated on what God has said about you. And no matter who makes fun of you about it, which my family does, but it's a beautiful thing to behold when I walk back in the door after a trip. <laughs> but no matter who says what, you know, know that that is a lovely looking thing when you walk back in. It's lovely to see that you are established because you decided to think on these things, you need to become fixated on the Word and what God has said about you, to you, for you, through you. It, it has to be something that you just you cling to, hold on to, and your mind has got to get in line with it. Your spirit man's jumping up and down going, yeah, that's it, that's it, that's it, that's it. Your mind's got to get in that same place. You can't abdicate your authority by refusing to take responsibility for your own way of thinking. I don't care whose family you're in. I don't care who you're married to. I don't care who your mama, who your daddy is. I don't care who your kids are. If they don't, th- they don't say what the word says, then it's your responsibility still. You can't go through life going, well, they, they, they taught me this, they taught me that. No, it's up to you to get into the Word for yourself. That's why, you know, it's imperative that when people come to church, they've got the Word with them. I know, you know, so many of you have it on on phone. You've got it on iPads. You've got it on, on your, all your little devices and stuff. But you, de- you need to be looking at the Word. Don't come without it. Because you need to know for yourself, it is your responsibility to know for yourself what the Word of God says so that you can renew your mind accurately. It takes so much to dig out wrong thinking. It does. I mean, it just, it's, it's, it's ridiculous how much it takes to get wrong thinking out of people. You know I, I'm just so so thrilled we know that our kids are growing up around here with the Word of God being put into them consistently, with them being told here and I'm, and hopefully I'm sure at home you know how important it is for them to get into the Word and study it for themselves because they're going to have so little to have to unlearn. You know, we raise them up as warriors in the in the in the world that we live in, spiritual warriors, you know, that know God, that know his will, know his word, think his thoughts. My goodness. Oh, what a church we're raising in these in these young people. Because they don't have to unlearn so much of the things that we had, that we have in us when we come to know, know the things of God. You just have to get to a place where you're consistent consistently dealing with things that come up that if it's questionable at all, you go to the word and find out which what's right here. What's right? What it is is it this? Is it this? Is it this? You know, and you find out what the will of God is and what the word of God has to say about it. You get yourself renewed. You can God will let you have everything you're okay with. If you're okay to be a little sick, he will let you be a little sick. It's up to you. If if you're okay with saying, well, sometimes it's God's will to heal and sometimes it's not, well, then he'll let you have it. Because it's so available to you right here. It's not like it's hard. It's not like it's... um you know, hard to get a hold of that it's, you know, like you go into the grocery store even now after after these storms and there's there's so many things that aren't stocked, you know, that just aren't attainable. They're not there. They're not available. Listen, there is nothing more available than the Word of God. I mean, it's everywhere. It's every, I mean, it's right here in the written page. It's on your tablets. It's on your iPhones. You know, you can get a hold of it anywhere. You can have no excuse for saying, Amber alert. Okay. Somebody's missing, huh? All right. But you have no excuse for saying, I didn't know. Now, you can say, I don't know, if you're, if you're fairly new in the things of God, and you haven't had an opportunity to study that part of the word yet. But, you know, the more you're around the things of God, the more he expects you to know. The more he expects you to take responsibility for you know, it's like baby Christians can get healed so easily. And it seems like the older you get in the things of God, it seems like it, the harder it is. Because the devil's fighting the word that's on the inside of you. He's fighting what you've put in you. Baby Christian just just believes it. Just believes it. Okay. Africa, they're going there. And these people, you tell them that God wants to heal you, they go, okay. God wants to fill you with the Holy Spirit. Okay. They're right in agreement with you. We need to get in line with the Word of God and agree with it, not just here, but here. Listen, there are times when I I know that that uh, you struggle and you struggle and you struggle with certain things, and you just you just have to get your mind over it. You have to get your mind renewed. You have to get your mind transformed. Your mind is a place of great creativity. It can be creative in a positive sense. It can be creative in a negative sense. And the enemy wants to take advantage of that negative part. You need to make sure your mind is being renewed so that you're constantly flowing with the Word and with the Spirit of God, constantly flowing. There will be some things that may not be in written black and white form, but when God speaks something to your heart, that's as much the Word of God as what is written and he tailor makes that for you in so many instances when he gives you direction when he when he opens something up to you and says i need you i want you to do this he gives you gives you ideas and plans things that you can that you can latch a hold of he gives you direction uh, I, you know I, I go back to thinking of when i had when I had cancer surgery and, 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 I, and I went to that surgery say, with, with knowing that God had said to me, surgery will take care of it. And when I came out and I found out I had to have all this chemo and stuff, and, and, and I said, now, God, what, what, what makes? why am I doing this? I mean, well, I thought I heard you. And he goes, and I said, I thought you told me, you know, that surgery would take care of it. And what I heard back was, what makes you think it didn't? And so my mind was renewed right then at that point. I will not consider this any again. I will not consider it again. God, This is what God has said to me. My mind had to constantly go back to what he said to me. I was constantly re- keeping my mind renewed and transformed by that, by that word I had in my heart from him. There are places in your life where God will speak something to you that you're going to have to take hold of and not let go. And you're going to have to take that, hold it in your heart, and keep it in your mind. You're going to have to rehearse it over and over in your mind. This is what God said to me. This is what God said to me. This is what God said to me. So when the enemy comes and attacks that, you go, Nope, this is what God says to me. Is what... It's like you've got a helmet with a helmet of salvation. In that protect that. You've got a helmet on. Nope, this is what God said to me. 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 Now, as a Just an addition to that, you have to know God well enough to know that was God talking to you. Some people think that God has said something and it doesn't line up with the Word to start with. That's easy to identify. Then there's times when people think they heard something from God and it came out of their own heart because that's really what they wanted. What That's what they wanted to hear. So you need to make sure that when God tells you something, For you to latch hold of it, you have to be really sure that God spoke it to you. God said it to you. And you keep that thing in the middle of your heart. You keep your mind renewed to that. You refuse to dwell on any thought that the enemy brings. You choose to think according to the word only. So how do I know if I'm winning this battle? I have peace. I have peace. You can have peace in here and these doubt things circling your head. You know, I, we, we've had numbers of situations, you know, over the years when, when this, this stuff was just kind of circulating around, but it didn't matter. I've got peace. I've got peace. I've got peace. And my mind is not going to where all these other thoughts want to take me. It's just not going there. It's just not going there. My peace, Jesus said, my peace, in John 14, 27, he said, my peace I leave with you. In fact, the Amplified Version, go, go over there. No, let no, I tell you what, go to Isaiah 26, 3. Isaiah 26, verse 3. It says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in ye, thee. You want to stay in perfect peace? Keep your mind stayed on him. When you're, you keep your mind stayed on him, you trust him. And when you trust him, you keep your mind stayed on him. You know, it, it works back and forth just the same way. The Amplified version of that says, You will guard and keep him in perfect and constant peace whose mind, both its inclination and its character, is stayed on you because he commits himself to you, leans on you, and hopes confidently in you. Isn't that wonderful? You know, you can be at peace when your mind, when you've got your mind is, is renewed to what the Word has said, to what the Lord has said, to what your heart is saying, your mind is just in a place, your whole, your whole atmosphere is just a place of peace. If you find yourself in an atmosphere of uh, fear, anxiety, hurt, anger, strife, agitation, turmoil, distress, Do something about it. Get the word in your heart. Put the word in your mouth. Think on these things. And I tell you what, the peace will show back up. Just like it ought to. You have to be in peace for yourself. You can't rely on somebody else's peace. You can't. It has to be you. You know, Your victory is tied to your peace. That woman over in Mark with the issue of blood, she just, or the woman with the issue and and, uh, she came to Jesus and she just kept saying to herself as she went, if I can just touch him, I'll be made whole. If I can just touch him, I'll be made whole. If I can just touch him, I'll be made whole. She was saying and thinking in line with the word. No matter, I mean, what she had to overcome to get there was amazing. You and I don't realize all the things that she had to overcome in the society that she lived in. But she had to keep going and keep going and keep pushing her way through when she wasn't even supposed to be there by law. She, she wasn't supposed to be there. She was pushing her way through, pushing her way through. If I can just touch him, I'll be made whole. If I can just touch him, I'll be made whole. If I can just touch him, I'll be made whole. If I can just touch him, if I can just touch him, she refused to think or say anything else. You have to get to a point in life with certain situations that you refuse to think you refuse to say anything else but what the word says and it will bring you to that place of peace and ultimately to your place of victory hallelujah you know Proverbs 22 verse 6 says train up a child in the way they should go when he's old he'll not depart from it you think well what kind of scripture is that for this sermon well listen train up a mind in the way it should go And when it's out there amongst the world, it won't depart. When it's out there in the middle of a situation, it won't depart. When it's out there, you know, with everybody, everybody throwing doubt and unbelief their way, it won't depart. Train that mind. Train it. That's, you know, that, that's the transforming of the mind. It's renewing the mind. It, it's training. That's what it is. It's training. You are brainwashing yourself with the word of God. You are bringing it to a place where it thinks differently than it's ever thought before. And you need to get it to a place where it will never think any other way ever again. This is what the Word says. This is the final say. This is it. This is all I will ever depend on. This is what I will forever rely on. This is it. And stay there. And just see God work. Just see God work. You know, if you get your mind in a place of renewed status, when the enemy comes at you, it'll be so much easier to find your victory and to walk in your victory because you don't have to spend so much time renewing your mind. But it's a day, like I said before, it's a daily thing because this world and the enemy is constantly trying to get you to change your mind. God wants you to change your mind this way and not let the enemy change your mind that way to become closer with him, to think more like him, to be more like him so you can do more of the things just like he would do and be the light that you need to be in this world that's the whole thing you know when when you need when you when you really start living a life of faith and you get your mind to a place where it's renewed with the word and then you train your flesh you condition your flesh to love the word you condition your flesh to get itself to church at every opportunity. You condition your your flesh to raise its hands during praise and worship. You condition your flesh to get down and pray when it's supposed to pray. You condition your flesh. It will create an appetite in your flesh for those things. And I'm telling you what, the most successful Christians are the people who's already walking in their righteousness, whose mind is renewed, and their flesh is trained. Victory. That person has no problem saying, oh, the devil's attacking me in this area, but it's no big deal. Let me help you now. That's what we're after. That's, that's, that's To me, that's the goal we're, we're seeking here is to get ourselves to a place where we're so in line with our thoughts and our actions so that no matter what the enemy brings into our lives, it makes no difference. And we're there and available for somebody else. Amen. Amen? So, there's a battle going on every day for what your mind will think on. Who's gonna win? You better make up your mind tonight. You, you, you're gonna come out the winner. I was listening to Kira, listening to Kira a while ago before church, talking about how she doesn't like anybody to be doing anything better than she does. So I'm challenging you. I'm challenging you now. Don't let the enemy t- get the best of you. You just let him know that whatever he throws your way doesn't mean a thing. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching.